Okay, everybody, welcome to Spotlight. This is the sixth episode. We are tackling today Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Last time you may remember, we watched Star Trek V, Operation Miami Beach. And uh, there was a bit of a split opinion on this one. I was the one who thought you'd lost your collective minds. Oh, you were the dissenter, <laughs> weren't you? Yeah, I think uh, that that all proved that you were dead wrong, and the entire Star Trek fan community is dead wrong for lambasting the brilliance of the Final Frontier. But I'm sure there are lots of hidden Star Trek fans around the world who, until until now, have felt as if they couldn't admit that they loved that movie. And now, because now, they've heard you've given them a podcast. voice. All it takes yeah. is one. That's exactly. it. You've been flexible. <laughs> exactly. We've given the hidden minority a voice, the suppressed and minority. And has the mailbag like, been burgeoning with all these uh, Track 5 lovers? Uh, no. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but why are we here today? Because <laughs> we haven't introduced the concept of the show yet. Yeah, but we are here to talk Star Trek. The Star Trek movies in particular, we are now pretty much near the end of the original crew's uh, cinematic yeah. adventures. Uh, with their final full outing of the full crew. Um, yeah. Released in 1991, so this is a couple of years after Final Frontier. Mm. Rushed into production, essentially, to make up for the fact that was a, <laughs> number five was the swan song they didn't want. And for the 25th anniversary. Yeah, 25th anniversary track. Yeah. yeah, big big deal. Yeah, I mean, I've got the little plot synopsis here, as I thought it would be a good idea um, to put one of those at the start. I mean, to be honest, if you're listening to the show and you haven't watched the film, then I think you should go and watch it because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. But then again, you might not care. You might just want to hear yeah, us I have heard talk. that. I think we just you know. want to like, yeah, exactly. hear a completely out of context chat about <laughs> you might prefer the Star Trek. Not to watch the film. Watch so, But the basic little uh, plot here is, on the eve of retirement, Kirk and McCoy are charged with assassinating the Klingon High Chancellor and imprisoned. The Enterprise crew must help them escape to thwart a conspiracy aimed at sabotaging the last best hope for peace. Yeah, that doesn't, that's, that's pretty yeah, vague, actually. Yeah, I told you. I, I, that's, the main, that's the short one, is it? That's, sort of that's, the, that's the short... We're on the IMDb. Well, I uh, other movie uh, databases are available. A little bit different to that, because it's like this is the parody of... Well, the allegory for the Cold War... Yes. Uh, ending. So this is like around the time they're writing this, the Soviet Union, the Berlin Wall was falling, the Soviet Union's on the ropes, the Chernobyl accident had cost them 18 billion rubles, and they were bankrupt. And, um, five rubles! Yeah, like, which actually equated to, I was going to say, is that like five pounds? Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually 18 billion dollars. So, oh, yeah. Well, we're going to go into it deeper yeah. here, aren't we? But before we do, um, this is the second Star Trek film directed by Nicholas Meyer, who previously directed Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, which we discussed a couple of months ago, and we all really enjoyed, I believe. We did. Um, now, at the end of the episode, uh, Matt um, put forward the question of whether there were any hipster Trekkies out there who actually didn't like Roth of Khan, the thought it was overrated or something like that. And I think me and Paul quite dismissive of this. We were like, no way, it like Khan is a yeah. classic that no but since then This is on the Trek BBS like, oh, Yeah, yeah, there, there's a big Star Trek forum called Trek BBS and it's I the posed the question to them. I thought, who better to ask? Uh, like, you know, said, look, my friend on the podcast thinks this. Could it be true? People answered in their jokes. <laughs> and actually, it's funny, quite 
related to today's podcast, being that obviously Rothcon was also directed by Maya. Uh, so, Feek61 says of Rothcon, I think it's a good movie, but yes, overrated, certainly. Uh, Severu says, lots of Czech fans at the time... Doesn't care to elaborate, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Lots of Czech fans at the time didn't consider Rothcon to be the true Star Trek all about violence and space battles and revenge. Lots of continuity errors and killing Spock was just complete well, that's the funny disrespect thing. I just find to Star Trek not true to Wrath of Khan. <laughs> you prefer Wrath yeah, of Khan that's, that's my starting point. So like, everything's like, there's not enough revenge. It was sentimental, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny enough, related to today, um, Alan Satmai Buick won, people have odd names on Trek BBS, Wrath uh, of Khan is a great movie, but my favourite movie the original cast is... The Undiscovered Country. The Undiscovered Country was a great allegory to the events of the day that was in the finest tradition of the original series. Smellmet says, I reckon I've seen the Rothacan close to 200 times. Overrated. Not a chance. Uh, Thomas Elliott says, I'll be the hipster that thinks the motion picture was awesome. The Wrath of Khan is fun for some reason. Savic, way better uniforms, some action. The connection to the original series with this villain from way back coming for revenge. The Kobayashi Maru test. No, the Wrath of Khan is still better. At least he gave some reasons. So he actually does, in the end, prefer Wrath of Khan. Um, Bill J prefers motion picture and search for Spock over oh, Roth of Khan. <laughs> Alan Gibson, Roth of Khan and search for Spock were certainly considered to be on par with one another at the time. Like Khan and really? Spock. Yeah, yeah, Khan and Spock. Um, I'm not sure where the fan consensus that it was one of the lesser films, talking about search for Spock, developed. Um, that now, you might remember this, Max, you're a fan of this show as well as me. The Seinfeld episode with Kramer's love for Star Trek Three was a bit baffling to me as I saw nothing wrong with loving it. it do you remember, remember this episode of Seinfeld? No, not at all. Like, I think we'll have to track oh, it yeah. down. like Because uh, obviously Kramer is a very wacky character, so if he loves they Star Trek yeah, it would have been like, a joke. If someone like Kramer likes it. What a it, crazy guy like it. It's a ridiculous it. movie. Um, Baylox Decoy says, For years, Rafa Khan was my favourite film, period. But as I've gotten older, I'm much more declined to today's movie. The Undiscovered Country. I think it's smarter and more challenging movie. Trek Survivor says, I guess I must be a hipster. I think you've annoyed people with your <laughs> idea of hipster, Matt. Because uh, I have always felt Wrath of Khan was a little overrated. It's a good enough film. But I find some of the adulation from fans and ignoring its problems while gleefully reveling in other films' issues frustrating. It's probably my sixth or seventh favourite Trek film out of 13. <laughs> Commander... I think he'd really appreciate the voice you gave him there. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, like, yeah, but even with that one as well, like he doesn't say why. It, what, what's the, what's the Raffle Khan's fault? He doesn't list them. Just, well, yeah. right in Trek Survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Commander... We did cover a few of them, but they were, they were like, really, it was really hard. It's quite a short episode by our standards. But yeah, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. <laughs> Commander Kilsiver says, I think that after taking artistic risks and with a beautiful artistic design aesthetically in the motion picture and attempting to push Star Trek beyond what it had been, the subsequent staling back of things in Roth of Calm feels sort of cheap. Also, the Moby Dick homages feel kind of badly written. I prefer Search for Spock and especially Voyage Home over Roth of Calm. Um, apparently, he says, uh, well, I say he, the commander might be a lady, 
Uh, Search Spock and Voyage Home are the only movies that recapture the feeling of an original series episode, Matt. So that mm. might put you But that's the thing. It's like, that is so up to some of these ideas of what an original episode is because we have Greg last time. Yeah, yeah. it's true. And true. explain why it was as true to the show as any of the films. You know, yeah, and he's a and, massive fan. Yeah, and I would say that it's, it's saving grace. Like um, is it, you know the only kind of bit that I would say is really works is the is the uh, camaraderie between the characters. Um, yeah, it's banter, the main, the main three. <laughs> fantastic. Like it, you know, you can so, hear us wax lyrical about Final Frontier in the last episode, uh, but the relationship between well, the trio. I mean, like, the original is series is all just like sort of like banter, isn't it? Like because they haven't had the. The technology or the, yeah. well, we the budget, it's like in jokes and stuff. Isn't we it? haven't actually introduced our special guest, actually. Oh, so shit. the new voice should be here. Oh, yeah. Here's <laughs> our good it. friend Tom Stock, his friend of yeah. the show. And uh, you come to here to talk about So I just butted in. In honour of Tom, <laughs> I should have like put open door effects. Oh, hi. Yeah. In honour of Tom, we're actually drinking ale this month. Oh. Um, Not Romulan ale. No, it's an organic. Honey infused golden ale. We won't mention the company uh, because the company, I believe, Tom actually works for. Yes, um, yes, they're I usually do. some kind of thing that you shouldn't mention the company they work care. for on podcasts. Okay. Do you think they're all too drunk to care? I don't think they care. I don't know. Over at Fuller's? No. That's a based brewery. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I work for Fuller's. Just so you know. But it's great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank, thank and you. And you're a big fan of the film today, I believe. It's your favourite yeah. well, of the series? I thought, you know, I thought it was my favourite. And then I went, oh yeah, we're doing Generations. And I went, oh, Because I love Generations as well, which is great. I don't know. I yeah. think I quite like the later ones. But and then I then I think about it, like, I really love Four as well. Like yeah. Four is Four kind of, I was listening to the previous podcast and I was like, yeah, God, that is probably my favourite one, actually. I had that on VHS and yeah, in your grandparents. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, not, it's not as good a story as that, but we had it taped off the TV, kind of <laughs> malarkey. Like all of our Star Trek films, really poorly taped over with like Generation Game on before it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, few right, twenty-five minutes for the news. You have to fast forward every time you watch it. Again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But now I, I sort of yeah, definitely. Undiscovered Country is kind of like one of the main ones I really liked because yeah, it's just I, kind of a bit more like I think what we were saying to me is like it's been it's been a real long time since you've seen any of them yeah, and, it just, yeah. and it's really hard to kind of pick a favourite once it's kind of like we're rediscovering this is the one for me and then it's, I think it's more like you know the nostalgic thing because I, I haven't seen Star Trek 4 in ages and I've, I kind of always think of it, oh, I love that one but, but then you think actually watching it again I don't know if I would now, mm-hmm. like, say it's my favourite. Or what, what was your first Star Trek memory? Like, do you remember what? First seeing with TV show or movie? What was my that? brother, my brother was like really into Star Trek, so I kind of got into it for him. I, I'm just get out of the way. I'm a massive Star Wars fan, so just got that. Let's clear that. We, we all know. Don't worry. So I, I'm, you know, you know, I was mainly into Star Wars, but my brother would love Star Trek and just loved like the whole kind of. He has the collection of posters, is this right? No, that that's my sister. Uh, she she <laughs> had it. With, well, it's my sister's husband. Had, had it had all, he has like all the original like one sheets yeah somewhere like probably rotten in some sort of garage somewhere <laughs> but so he, he loved it and he had like he had all the next generation on video and you know how on video you know, had two episodes per video so that yeah. collection is fucking epic man like yeah. you put a pound price to that when they're like 10 or each yeah, this is yeah. Like, well it like, was ridiculous it's 180 episodes it's yeah. like 90 quid times 10 Ooh, that's it's crazy mate <laughs> I don't mean he had them all but like he had basically had like the rows and rows of them and just used to cut I was like I used to go around and go fucking hell yeah 
excuse that, me. That's how I borrowed Voyager. Yeah. Like, uh, I borrowed yeah. someone who was buying the tape every time it was released, and I'd watch the two episodes, and then so, it'd be... I was like, wow. So I remember you had Deep Space Nine. You get, like, a money. free part, and you're like, oh, no, I need the other tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How long was that? He had Deep Space Nine, and like, what I loved, he had the images all made one massive, long, like, picture. Yeah. You followed along, like, the, the video cases. I, mean, I think it's I great. It's awesome. That's a lost art, I think. It is. There's a Twitter account dedicated really? to the Star Trek VHS covers. Oh, oh yeah, I, I think we're following it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Oh, I, I love thought it. you meant series that had, if you put them together, they make a big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. were all actually commissioned artworks. Every episode of every... Uh, well, like picture. a mini, like, one sheet for yeah. an episode. Yeah. For, like for what Doctor Who's done. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, um, for the run-up for this movie is when they released the 25th anniversary VHS box set of those first five films yeah. that we uh, always used to see in the window of some random shop yeah. in Boscombe where we grew up. And that's the thing, it was because it was a red box. Oh, I got been, that box. It's been some damaged box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think my brother had that. It, was it like, makes up the Enterprise. Like, on oh, the... No, my brother had this thing. It, it was like, I think he got it at Christmas money and it was like the most plush looking. Yeah, like, it was like a leather bound box. Uh, you know? That's when I had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you no, it wasn't it, as posh as that. Oh, mate, it was so double posh. I had like a booklet in it, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, it cost like a hundred quid. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a big, like, an A4 size. Yeah, it was beautiful. And how many was movies was that? that was was I, think it, I think it had the Discovered Country yeah. in it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, Generations. Oh, Generations. So it was, so it was a little bit well. later, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a nice set. I think Generations was the last one, though, wasn't it? It was the last one before all subsequent sets. They actually doubled up the films on tape, so you'd have to have one and two, three and four. And that would be really annoying having to rewind, like, you know. Um but as back to the customer feedback, it's clear there that quite a lot of fans believe Undiscovered Country to be the superior Star Trek Meyer film. Right. So what do we think about that? Well First I off? would say well, not for me, but I think it's it, actually Star Trek is probably purest in terms of it's taking a real life uh, events. But as Nicholas Meyer puts it, say put it out through the prism of like sci-fi, you know, set out there in Klingon land. People are a bit more removed from a situation. They can really see the the reasons why people act a certain way. Mm. So if you if you did a documentary about the USSR and, the, and America, you may find yourself siding with America because you you find the Russians quite uh, a scary prospect. But if you put Mr. Klingons, it's like well. You know, we do, we're going to look at this more at face value. We'll see what actually is going on. Yeah. And so it's a good way of like um, getting people to think logically about the situation and actually feel like, well, they're not out to get us. Mm. You know, and, and start to come into a, a peaceful solution. So I think, yeah, it's great. Like in terms of that. But he recently said he thought it was cliche, like his approach to it, which I don't think he is. He didn't actually say why he felt that. Right. Um, I, I think it's probably around the um, fact that he didn't flesh out the Klingon culture enough, so yeah. like, they don't really understand right. the Klingon They do seem quite alien, as in, like, like yeah. me, having not seen the show, yeah. I've got no idea what they're like. I've only ever seen them flying the, the ships. Yeah, like, we always associate them being quite angry race. Or like, yeah. yeah. And it was weird when, you, when you're watching it, you go, oh, these are yeah. quite nice ones. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice to see them. They've got good stuff. <laughs> yeah, very polite. Well. Like, uh, you don't see, yeah. well, by this point, we've had three seasons of Next Gen to be on TV. And in that, you get to see a lot more of the Klingon culture over you know the episodes in the next generation you've got Wolf as well being a main character so I think for the film kind of sells the Klingon race a little bit short actually a little bit because you don't really get to, to see much more about them um, you know there's, some, there's a, a very liberal element like Chancellor Gorkins like who is the Klingon Chancellor who comes 
to, for the Peace Corps. He wants to be the. Is that David Warner's that's character? David Warner's character. Okay. So it's the character oh, Back again. Yeah, he's, he's playing someone else from when he was last in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was obviously in the final frontier. He's, he's playing. Well, he's become oh, a Klingon. So, start as. I was just the Tron guy. Who? Yeah, he was in Tron. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The bad guy yeah, yeah. in Tron. Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember the names of characters. <laughs> but you get like you still get the warlike characters of Chang. I suppose the first mm. thing is the only thing that's introduced really is that they like Shakespeare. <laughs> they all like Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. Well, the original idea they can't get enough of Shakespeare. In this <laughs> well, that that big bombshell that do they basically hint that Shakespeare was a Klingon? Because do they say? Oh, well, yeah, in the original film, which is a really odd thing. It's I a really quite odd get line. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a bit weird. I was like, what, original Klingon? Yeah, there's all this weird retcon going on where, yeah, Shakespeare's a Klingon. Spock's ancestor is uh, Colonel but Doyle. Do you, think that's Doyle? Yeah. do you think that's the case? Or do you think it's that this is meant to be so far in the future that, just adapted that it's like a kind thing. of joke about... Um, a translation of it. Well, yeah, yeah, a, a joke yeah. that they now believe Shakespeare was a Klingon and that's right. I think or it's something. more like yeah. they feel like it sounds better in Klingon. Yeah, 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 that's right. They think it sounds better in French. Yeah, I think it's like you haven't heard it to the original Klingons that how it's meant to be heard. Yeah, it sounds better in Klingon than it does in the original. There's a few things like that in this film where... Maybe in this world, in the Klingon land, they had their own Shakespeare, who was the same as ours. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like you know, the uh, you know the theory of infinity. Like, there's always going to be another yeah, yeah. Earth somewhere. Yeah. There's all these Shakespeare's out there. But they're all they? Shakespearean anyway. The Klingons in, it, in this film anyway. They're all very like oh, to be or not to be. Well, there's like, more. They love it. They're so like posh sounding for Klingons. Uh, anyway. There's more references to Shakespeare, I think, in this than any other Star Trek yeah. thing. Like, yeah, which is. Typical for Maya at the end of the day, because well, there was is, yeah. Shakespearean type yeah. stuff in Rafa Khan as well. I think well, Maya like really like, likes to kind of ground it in a reality. This is what you can see a lot more in this one. You've got you yeah. know the, the galley. You see the laundry, the Enterprise. You see things you've never seen before. It's just yeah. really mm. weird, kind of like everyday stuff. Yeah, I like that. Show. I really yeah, like he's that trying to ground. I liked it how much of the crew we saw this time. Yeah. We saw the kitchen they're staff. They're in bunks. When everybody's yeah. hunting for the boots, it's like everyone's dick, and it feels like there's a lot more than just a few. Kind of kind of a weird, like mm. not military kind of feel. You know, when they're all in their bunks, they've got the name. Yeah, really. Sulu in the first shot is drinking out of a china cup as well. I think rather than some kind of futuristic beaker or something. Those little touches just bring it. Like this is humanity's future again. I love that Sulu has become a captain. Yeah. And funnily enough, um, because this is the first Star Trek film I ever saw in the cinema uh, back in 1991 with my dad. And my overriding memories of it are Sulu being captain, Kirk and McCoy on the kind of snowy prison kind of planet, and the bit where Kirk gets started on there. <laughs> um, and and uh, Christopher Plummer's Klingon yeah. baddie. Th- those are the three things I remember from it because obviously I was like six when I was seeing that. Mm. And yeah, I just think it's so great um, that you see Sulu come to that point and the film never rectifies it. I like he doesn't become a part of the crew again and go back to being subservient to Kirk. He remains a captain throughout. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that character's moved on now. Yeah, and it was... You didn't have to explain planned. it either. It was just well, it's planned yeah. from Star Trek 2. It's actually a line in the script. It's like, when he's they're flying up to the Enterprise... Um, it's mentioned that he's going to be taking over the Excelsior mm. and by the third film they they actually just wrote that well because it was cut out they actually didn't feel like they had to do it 
Um, and so yeah, it's been in the This was a good films. time to come yeah, back it's, it's, yeah. Finally for George Takei gets to get his moment. Out of all the crew people, he's the one I feel most suited to being a captain as well. Yeah. If it opened yeah. it was like Captain Chekhov. Like, eh. And I also feel, very, you know. Nuclear weapons or whatever. <laughs> he's been really neglected throughout the film series, Sulu. Mm. I, I think yeah. whenever he's, he's never really had a chance to shine. So to see him have basically what is the first shot of the film, yeah. pretty much like, yeah. you know, being and like. to save the day as well. Yeah, yeah I'm captain. Yeah. Seeing on the day, like you know, a never kind of but having to kowtow to Kirk again, I think is just yeah. really great to see. Well, it's really level headed, isn't it? And I think yes. it really suits that kind of he's got that an position. crew, too. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Christian just... Slater. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was a rich man from no, yeah, yeah, that's 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 that. Because he's in like silhouette, isn't he? And I was like, Slater! Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he's got, well, oh. uh, the, the communication officer is ex Enterprise crew member as well. She's at uh, Rand, who's the transporter uh, chief in the motion picture, but she was also in the original series as well. So there's a bit of a, you know continuation there between the old old faces. Um, but yeah, there's an excellent. Well, I say it starts with a bang. So and that, after that brilliant opening bit of music, thing, as well. to say that actually we're missing out a really big thing about this film, which is the score. Mm, it's um, awesome. Yeah, the opening. So really good. Main titles, the overture is is really really good, um, and it's based on like uh, well, Maya wanted to use Gustav Holst's The Planet Suite. Um, yeah. And he was going to have it cut, but then he realized it'd be such a too cut expensive. It to, too expensive to cut into yeah. the film. Yeah. Yeah. Too expensive. To also, get. too expensive was James Horner and Jerry Goldsmith who <laughs> were the top picks. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a rumor also that uh, Jerry Goldsmith felt like he didn't want to be anything to do with Star Trek at this point because Fire had been such a disaster. But uh, there's nothing to back that up. It really was he's just right. too expensive because hmm. this is the same budget as you can't afford. It's, it's a lower budget than really? Five. Yes, yeah, wow. lower budget, twenty-seven million. Um, Far Frontier was thirty, I believe. It was yeah, low. All like the they... effects on the five cost more than this, <laughs> which is amazing. I yeah, wicked on the skull yeah. yeah, I mean, I actually uh, think the effects are genuinely pretty damn good, especially like for only twenty-seven million. Yeah. Like, yeah, that first like... big explosion and the shockwave. Really well, cool. that's the practice effect as it became known because it's been reused in all well, uh-huh. Star Trek. Uh, sorry, Star Wars trilogy special edition. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. For yeah. and the Death Star two. And Wait, one. is it the same shockwave? For... Yeah, oh, they reused oh, right. it. That's cool. And um, and then it was also in Stargate as well. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it became kind of like a, a very staple of 90s, 90s uh, yeah. effect. But it was just, I suppose when it came out, it was a time when, you know, CGI was actually really coming together, yeah, wasn't it? Infancy, it? Yeah. yeah. But it, it's, I find those kind of early 90s films, it's kind of like, not not peak as big CGI, but, you know, it looked amazing. They, like, whatever, like, they could only afford, like, up to like Jurassic Park, every it single amazing. one, they really put a lot of yeah, effort into. Yeah. I mean, you know, now we can look at the Cleon <coughs> Blood and go, oh, it maybe doesn't look yeah, as good. I, I was like, oh, that Cleon Blood, but then, it's, and then you think, this is the same year as T2, and it's like, yeah, uh, Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I quite... I genuinely, again. <laughs> I genuinely quite liked the Klingon blood. Yeah, I it's all right. It, it is what it is. It's nothing. I think, like... I think once I realised it was meant to be pink. Yeah. Like after you yeah, see it practically, yeah. I was like, oh okay, because when it was floating, I was like, oh they yeah. just colour faded the CG or something. But it still looked pretty good in effect. Yeah, I, I, I you think know, even so. like the floating the stuff looked really good because you know that can look really rubbish in some films. Yeah. Isn't it? Anti gravity, but it looked quite authentic and yeah, like, it wasn't like had a wires. Good feel. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of wires on the things of physical on, yeah. the, on the high def version. We no. <laughs> but it's still, you know, it's only on that I've ever noticed it. Um, yeah. Well, apparently there was a rumor that they changed the blood 
from red to pink because of it would have gone R rating. Uh, it was yeah. floating. And also, well, yeah, I think they changed it like three times because originally it was going to be green, but they realised that someone had already stated within Star Trek lore that green was Vulcan blood. Yes. So then they were like, well, we'll make it red. Oh, no, too violent. Right, pink. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I love how it's pink, though, like the most like sort of like aggressive, like hard-looking race has got yeah. pink blood. Yeah, I think the way it kind of floats <laughs> and stuff looks quite impressive. I, like I said, I yeah. quite like the effects, like, you know, for yeah. the time, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Speaking about the Excelsior crew again, like you were saying, I really like just seeing everyone on the bridge, the sort of really great all-age casting. Like, there's that, yeah. like, sort of middle-aged lady with the blonde hair. That's a brand who was oh, Right, right, yeah. yeah. Just a good range of kind of ages that you probably won't, because you look at the new ones yeah. now, and it's just, like, all supermodels, and it's like... Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that it's a bit of a mix, yeah. Was there any aliens on the... Um, yeah, I think there were. Yeah. Yeah. But it just feels a lot more oh. like an actual ship and stuff. Yeah. Like ones, yeah. It's like it's like what they did with Rogue One recently, having all the old, mustachioed, yeah. like, porn-star-looking yeah, guys yeah. being yeah. the guys, you know, the Imperials, in. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was to say the um, the original score was done by a twenty six year old Cliff Island and his first yes, big, so young. very young, and yeah, it's like what wow. like choose to follow like as well, you know, to follow have to follow Horner and Goldsmith, but mm. he excelled himself, and that was his that was his demo was the main title, and it was wow. like instantly got the job, and uh, then had to compose, and the rest of the score like really sort of suits the rest of it it's too. really it strong carries on. Mm. Yeah, the, the themes and towards the end really intense go, uh, yeah really gets you going when they're trying to get the Torpedo. it's the missile yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, they're trying to get that sorted like oh it's yeah, great yeah back and yeah. forth with the assassination it's, it's a fantastic score yeah really good um, uh, what I like is the fact that it's established that Sulu is three years into his mission mm. so you feel a real passing of time yeah, since sure. the last film of course what that does mean is when we see our crew again they're older than ever <laughs> once again joking about their retirement and stuff yeah, and you're like about, Jesus yeah. Christ has put them out to pasture <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> I think I'm the one, one, shooting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that shoot out the airlock <laughs> the one I think actually has aged the worst is Shatner in this one too yeah. like his hair is like <laughs> Well, it, it looks better now. <laughs> I watched this film last Sunday, and it's funny, I just went to visit my elderly grandmother in the morning, and I just, when I saw the film, I was like, William? Granny? <laughs> um, because, you know, she's got the same, he's got the same perm, like, as her. Pink and rinse, It's yeah. just a little bit curvy, this, this particular toupee he's chosen here. <laughs> and it's, and, um, yeah, well, it's the rest, well, Spock. Len Nimoy just looks great. Yeah. You know, he's always looks great. But it is strange to think 12 years ago, it was like the old dogs coming back onto the ship. Yeah. And that was 12 years ago. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> the fact that, yeah, I've never seen, I don't think there's ever been another franchise like this where the actors have said, say, since the 60s, the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I think about it like through four decades. It would be yeah. like if when they did Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, King of the Crystal Skull in 2008, if that was the start of like another six movies yeah. with Ford at yeah. that age, yeah. happening every two Not or three years. Not passing the torch And to then it's like, the gets boot. to like Indy 10 in like 2020 and he's like, well, yeah. I'm finally getting old. I really like, I like Shatner's like... He's clearly wearing some sort of girdle as well, like under his. Oh yeah, he's like nice. really top heavy, like really skinny down. I know he's like yes, it's like classic. Like yeah, looks more wooden than he normally yeah, is. Yeah, like, great. Know, I like his uh, hourglass figure that yeah. he's been working on here. But you know, <laughs> at this point, even James Doohan can't fit in the regular yeah. uniform. They give him a romper suit to wear. His is pretty much undone already, isn't it? It's just yeah. like. <laughs> 
Yeah, get about it. <laughs> yeah, with the little poppers have come yeah. off. Like, yeah, that's the flat down <laughs> on the uh, the red uniform. He's giving it all he got. Uh, I do like Kurt correcting Bones where he says, "Where's Sulu?" and he says, "Captain Sulu." Oh yeah. Because I really like that he gives him that respect. So, hey, yeah, come on now, Bones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You, you can't say that yeah. he's not. Yeah captain like um, yeah, I think yeah. that's really cool like it just makes Kirk to be bona fide legend well, for me because there's an the original beginning which would cost too much to do was that they it was like bringing the band back together yes yeah. I would have really find it interesting because when you come into that meeting you assume they actually are just active serving members of the Enterprise but no yeah. actually, actually the original intention was they had just Pulled him out of semi-retirement to come and do this last yeah. mission. Oh yeah, what? Well, because the they meeting, were the best. Yeah, 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 they were yeah, the best. Right. Like they shouldn't be at that meeting, yeah. and they've been reassembled there because they have been chosen as the most uh, stitched up, basically. Well, basically stitched up by Spock, up. yeah, to do <laughs> yeah. this olive branch mission. Uh, I would have loved that sequence. I was reading about it, and you get Spock. Funny enough, do a Vulcan version of Hamlet. It's like everyone's better than humans doing right. Shakespeare. <laughs> Sulu's driving a taxi cab or something. Oh, Kirk God. was getting married. Like, um, mm. what's his name? Chekhov was playing chess in a club. Uhura's a radio show host. I like that. Well, I like yeah, that. I really like yeah. that. I really was like. Was this originally like the ideas? Like, yeah, yeah McCoy's yes. drunk at a posh medical dinner. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this all sounds great fun. Like, yeah, yeah I, was like, I really, wish I could see that sequence. Sounds like the intro of Commander yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> the the individually or get the call. Like, coming back in. <laughs> yeah, I think it would we be need you. great. Yeah. That would been quite jokes actually. That would been quite a good sequence, wouldn't it? Like, yeah, I think it'd be yeah. really good fun. But unfortunately, the budget cuts were big for this one um, you know only 27 million <laughs> so you want to see um, the drama cab no can't do it and <laughs> yeah they didn't have much money <laughs> to work with and yeah they're constantly coming up against budget time and time again well, hence reusing loads of sets from the next generation so you driving a cab is a bit of a step down isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like we like, like, really like, good like oh my <laughs> But I think got uh, a gambling problem. One of the things they did cut out of that bit was that Carol Marcus, the um, mother of Kirk's son, would have yeah. passed away just before this film as well, which kind of brings back the, the feelings about his loss. Well, that makes son. sense because I and did it, think it was it, a bit, it was a bit raw oh, for him okay. actually, and you know because that's this is why this is actually a spiritual sequel to the the trilogy. Essentially, mm. it's wrapping up mm. that loose thread of the Klingon ambassador in four saying there'll be no peace in, as long as Kirk lives. You've got like um, him blaming them for the death of his son, brings that back up, and it makes basically Gene Roddenberry really disliked Five so much that he didn't feel that it should be part of the canon. Mm. It actually he wanted it removed from it, so it was almost like a misstep. Let's just write that one off, and this will be the genuine Star Trek Five. I can see how that one sticks out because, now with this one. Well, because the Klingons come to dinner in the end of the fifth one, and you've got them having drinks, and it's all yeah. pally pally. But it, it's completely odds with where they begin here with yeah. a bit bitter, Kirk quite raw about his son still and it's all bringing back up yeah. let them die let them die and apparently cool. they cut out his reaction like uh, well if Shatner said you know I'll deliver that line Nick but I want you to show me to say I don't actually mean it sort of right after I say it but they didn't like yeah. uh, and that is really strong in the sense of because for me uh, it's funny just last month we did our first bonus episode obviously Spotlight Supplemental talk about the morality of Star Trek and we played the clip of bigotry on the bridge yeah. uh, where Kirk shuts down, um, you know, a guy making, just pulling off a microaggression against uh, Spock and the Vulcan race on the bridge. 
And to see him go from that in the yeah. 60s to the guy who's saying, let them die, here, you think, wow, it makes sense because the death of his son is the thing that's pushed him to become yeah. this kind of, you know, bigoted well, old man. Well, it's like, funny, yeah. it's because, like, I mean, I don't know where that episode comes in the series, but it might have been some of his harder run-ins with the Klingons as well, and that might still yet to become. Mm. Uh, then you've got the... He's tarnished, isn't he, from, yeah. from previous accounts? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. His entire career, they've always been at war, They've killed his son, like, you know, and they've been the, the adversary in two of the previous five films. Yeah. Uh, it's warped him. Yeah, I think so, and uh, that's the thing. So it does make sense, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, I be... think so, yeah. And uh, even uh, then, it is still nice. It's quite strong the... from him, though, still. Even, uh, even when I watched that again, I was going, that's quite out of character for him, but then it's you pretty can cold. totally understand it, yeah. But it's tragic, and it plays into the whole Shakespeare element. It's Shakespearean tragedy of, like, you know, his son's dead, and now he's become the kind of man who you probably shut down back in the 60s, you know? But he kind of makes up for it later when he's, when he's having his captain's log thing, you know, when he's sort of, he's talking about it later. He's sort of kind of talking himself out of that kind of... Mm. Yes. He was sort of going, yeah. well, actually, yeah, that was glad, quite strong, actually. I'm glad that came up again yeah. with the replay yeah. of that log because I thought, oh, it's That's just probably what weird. He's just... Shatner got yeah, out of what he wanted out of that. Matt, because like, they cut off the fun bit where he says, how can history get past people like me? And right. um, I think that's the end of that Captain's log, but they constantly just play him. I will never mm. forgive him for death of my yeah, son. Yeah. And you know, it's finally taking comments out of context, mm. you know, and that's yeah. quite sick. But even with all this Kirk hate towards Klingons, it's nice that in the beginning, seeing with Sulu, like they kind of get hit by the wave and he's offering to help. Because doesn't he say, like, let's go in and look for yeah, help they, out? Yeah, they said, you know, that, do you need any assistance? Yeah, it's more of that empathetic Trek mm. way of doing things, which is nice. I think there's quite a nice political comment as well um, when they're talking about how the Klingons have ended up in this mess where they say basically their enormous military budget means they don't have the money to save themselves from this yeah. environmental issue caused by their own overmining. Yeah. It's like so prescient to now, like, you know, with like things like Trident and fracking. Well, that's, it's that like is... this situation, we're the fucking Klingons. <laughs> yeah. well, that is, that's the yeah. Chernobyl yeah. like, um, allegory there. Because yeah. It was, yeah. It was, that was so expensive to clean that up it, you know as I say 18 billion rubles and it was it bankrupt the Soviet Union and they had to look they had to sue for peace they had to be Gorbachev had to be very kind of like okay let's start talking now and while they were writing this film Gorbachev was um, uh, disappeared for a couple of weeks as well so whilst they were doing this it, history was being written and um, you know we, they didn't know if he'd been assassinated or not and that would have been interesting mm. like the liberal leader he's trying to sue for peace um, taken out on the way to conference. It's kind of sad, isn't it? The whole thing is very timely again to now. The whole issues of like the rights of other cultures for free travel because they're mm. coming in and yeah, dismantle star bases. Yeah, it's, I was like, this could not be more relevant now. Yeah, it's amazing though. It's like yeah. from you know over twenty years ago, it still has relevance. Like yeah. you know, it will always find new well, context. Is, it? I scary think that's why Star Trek is its finest. Is like you know making those universal statements that you can. Yes. Well, absolutely, because yeah. they're quite not not simplistic in nature that you can apply it to most things, but it's just mm. it still has a kind of a strength in it. You know, even even now today. Mm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I was just going to mention as well. Of course, we've kind of I think we've retracted this before. Uh, about the whole Starfleet Academy script uh, that came out that was actually for this film. Um, originally, they planned to make this film a kind of prequel-style thing, 
uh, with Bones kind of telling young students how he met Kirk and Spock and such. It was meant to be Top Gun in outer space, which I can I can it's see. It's paramount, like yeah, the bet they can see That's the sounds. Yeah, I can see yeah. Kirk being a type of maverick kind of figure. Uh, apparently, uh, the script was set before the Enlightenment of the Federation. Slavery and racism are common. With Spock being bullied because he's the only Vulcan student. I was just like, man, that's a pretty kind of like harsh view. I mean, it, but in a way, I kind of like it in the sense because when we watch Star Trek, uh, especially once we get to like the next generation kind of era, it's quite a utopian kind of ideal yeah. that Roddenberry was kind of put, trying to push forward. And you kind of think with where we are right now, we're like, how are we going to get to that? And, you know, it's it's kind of showing that, yeah, it's kind of saying, hey, they weren't always like that. It takes a while. Like, yeah, this shows it as well, I guess. But like um, a Bones, like saying, you know, I'd give real money if he'd shut up. It's like, he's saying (laughs) that because I don't, I think Maya doesn't believe that you can have a future without money in some way, shape or form. But that's the idea in the future they have money in Star Trek, but... Yeah, I think lines like that just sort of, you know, that's more his sensibility. It's just like, yeah, I get your utopian vision, Gene, but like, we've got to like dial it down a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I get the impression that Meyer's vision often clashed with Roddenberry's. Apparently, they would have massive stand up rows um, about this film. Yeah, because one of them particularly was uh, the, the traitor on the Enterprise was going to be. Um, Savick, yes, like, so sort of recurring character who was played by Kirstie Alley in two and uh, some other actress, so, someone else, in Boy, uh, Robin Curtis, and um, yeah, so he was going to be. I, I think he was going to get King Richard to play her. It'd be the third actress. Oh, yeah, but she didn't want to be the third actress to play a role. But yeah. also, like Roddenberry said, no, you, I, I, you can't make her the traitor I don't want that to happen even though it was Maya's character from 2 that he created yeah and why is he so connected to that character but make it a new one I suppose and fair enough because Kim Cattrall's great in this she's such a good Vulcan yeah 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 yeah. and it's cool to see her go thing at this point she's Sui's replacement then kind of sorry she kind of Sui's replacement I can't remember yes yeah no no yeah she is the helmsman she's sitting a different side to her usual thing it was, she's the first Vulcan to graduate the top of her class oh, at Starfleet Academy which I always thought was a bit weird in the sense of why is it taking this long for a Vulcan to be this good aren't Vulcans meant to be like really you always get the impression that Spock is the smartest guy They're in the logical, room logical but not always excellent yeah and, like clearly not <laughs> 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 a lot of Vulcans are you know that's a D for you yeah I mean logical. it's just like what are they saying like right you need to add in your essay by Friday highly illogical <laughs> oh right that's it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she's she's really good and it is um, yeah. you, you feel the portrayal when like you know she's revealed as traded to yeah. Spock it's really she's well so played her, her and Spock's first scene where he's kind of teaching her, teaching her about logic and stuff it's yeah. really good and, and I love their little joint eyebrow raise later uh, yeah. on that yeah. was so well done <laughs> yeah no, she's a good addition to the support cast that like you know it's um, she feels like she's very has very strong convictions, like you know how trustworthy we can be if they like are joined with us to like. They're, they're a good pairing, them. like Spock and her, because mm-hmm. you know it's like he's like her mentor kind of thing, and you can see later on how portrayed he feels because he 
you know, he loses it a couple of times, doesn't he? Mm, right? He does. Especially yeah. when he finds out, he's got, you know, he's got aggression in his voice. Does he stuff. smack her? Yeah, yeah. Like, he does, doesn't like he? Does he? Am I making that up? He slaps the gun out of her hand. Yeah, that was it. And right. then he basically does use a mind meld in a quite an aggressive right. way. Right. Yeah, and that's really no, but it's his tonality when he was talking to us. He was like, you know, angry and frustrated. Yeah, which is unlike him. Yeah, yeah, But you can feel the betrayal there. You're going, God, this guy really, you know, had a respect for her, but it doesn't anymore. Spot goes quite genuine film because like earlier on like he looks extremely hurt you know by the way his friends have reacted and how they're kind of they, they're making racist comments like on the yeah the, the, yeah the someone nonsense. says uh, they all look alike don't they it's like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 there's a lot of that yeah and um, you know Chekhov guess who's coming to dinner <laughs> yeah and, which um, Nichelle Nichols refused to say apparently I bet, I bet that she didn't I think it was too close to well we already had Admiral Cartwright who is played by Brock Pierce, the actor from To Kill a Mockingbird, say they'll make the alien trash of their galaxy the opportunity here is to bring them to their knees. Uh, Which apparently he had problems with as well. I mean, yeah. apparently so. Yeah, yeah. He was in tears, like, you know, mm. after saying, you know, doing those lines, but he said, Nick Smiles, like, it has to be you saying it. As a black man, you need to be saying these things mm. to make really get the point across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And makes so sense. I think, but you've got that. Having Nichelle say that later on would have been just a little bit too much in your face, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, You've got to give Chekhov something to do in this film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, no, he does he gets it relegated, he's doesn't hung he? Over the whole way through, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's still, still hung over. <laughs> still still pissed at, at Shackner for forgetting his name. Can't blame him. I love that quote, and pretty much that whole, you know, it all kicks off you're like how hung over the crew are. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Running a starship, and I was like, oh, well, the oh, yeah. whole thing. I think they're all annoyed to be kind of having to go back to mission because uh, earlier on, uh, Kurt stays with you to stand down in three months, and yeah. it's kind of almost as if they're saying we're three months to retire. Three months to retire. Yeah. Like we've done our fucking bit. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? They were stitched up basically. They didn't want yeah, to really, like leave where they were at all. Like, hang and on, that's yeah. why it's so intense yeah. when Kurt goes into it with Spock and um, we get the whole let them die bit I mean I've, it's really well played it yeah. feels a more intense kind of discussion than we've ever had like in the show yes. well like, you look at it like it's just been forced upon him like after that scene you know he's literally just been informed of what he's got to do so there's going to be like outlining anger about the issue yeah. anyway. so that probably that, that was probably like a more heated conversation it would have been like you know if it, that conversation took part later in yeah. You know, next season. Yeah, right. so it's kind of good. It was, it was good that. I like that line. Uh, only Nixon go to China as an yeah, yeah. why it has to be you, Kirk, like yeah. um, because of your your feelings on it. Um, well, he, you know, he's probably uh, more than anyone. He's got that personal grudge. Kind of grudge you, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you can be seen to be bringing peace, like you know, or bringing like the first yeah. bridging between these two cultures, then it makes more of a you know, sense, statement. Yeah, more statement. Yeah. Mm. The Klingon fashion is pretty. Uh, out there, <laughs> 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 look like David Warner's guy, the uh, Gorgon. 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 Yeah, yeah, he was wearing that thing and looked like Michael Jackson's jacket. Yeah, thrill or something. One of those massive red yeah. shoulders, I, the steel boots that look like they're made out of cardboard and the little yeah. eye. I re- and he had those massive like wrist things. Yeah, like, massive. But like, all right, that's kind of classic kind of Klingon thing. But I really didn't like the look of the Klingons in this film. Like, they look really like. I suppose you're used I'm used to, to yeah. next gen quite a lot. And these ones are quite subtle, like like the ridges are yeah, really subtle. Yeah, like, down a lot. It's like, more. Yeah, we haven't got enough latex <laughs> for this <laughs> film that we can do it. But well, like, you know, Christopher Plummer's makeup, he does look good. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is like he feels. I feel like a bit like he's slumming it in yeah. this film in a way. He felt like he's probably too big for 
as a, you know, a very respected actor coming in and playing you know, a character in silly makeup and things like that. And I think it maybe had a lot of input into his lines. This is just the yeah. impression I've always got. Like, he says so much Shakespeare in this film. It's like, just yeah, let Christopher do what he wants. Uh, he, oh, don't want to wear hair? Don't, you don't have to do that. That's okay. Yeah, Even yeah. with all these designs. I don't mind him. I like him bald. I think he's awesome. Mm. But yeah, I do think I he's, he's a strong kind of villain. Like, he's yeah, he's wicked. I, it's just like the ridges. I'm so used to like kind of a big, strong... For, but I suppose they kind of... It might kind of show that it's set a lot before Next Generation. Well, that's the thing. Like Maybe an evolution the way. thing. Yeah, well, it was because in the original series they had no ridges yeah, at all. At all. And yeah, then it's like now they're moving towards and they become very pronounced. Mm. Yeah. Next Gen. So I kind of, I kind of gave it that benefit of doubt. I'm going, oh, maybe it's like a kind of. They, you know, generational thing. This yeah, is that yeah, slightly but... odd thing, isn't it? That obviously this, by the time this came out, generation, yeah. uh, the next generation, the TV show is in full swing, and you start to really see the effect of that on here. Like Wolf, for instance, the guy who plays Wolf <laughs> is in it yeah, but... as one of Wolf's like ancestors, his, going like yeah, or and, uh, yeah, grandfather, grandfather, I guess, like who's yeah. um, defending uh, Kirk yeah, and McCoy yeah. um, at trial. And you know, they're kind of putting all these little connections, and also as part of the promotion for this film, um, like the month it came out, also, or just the month before, uh, is when Spock's character, Nimoy, um, guest starred on Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, that was right. done specifically to promote this movie, oh, right. to be like, oh, right, look, there's oh, a bit of a crossover going on because this popular show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he survives everything he Which I don't think I've ever seen. Unification, it's yeah, called. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good start. It's a good part. It's Mark Leonardo's his father as well, Sarek, who's dying in the episode. And it's, right. And Picard has a mind meld with him. Um, so you know, and and you know, Spock is um, gone AWOL, and it's like it's almost a bit similar to this film in the way he's he's gone AWOL to kind of broke a piece of Romulans, right? Um, yeah, so he's gone on diplomatic. So he's dressed up quite Romulan in that. Yeah, 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 I think he's got. Yeah, he is undercover essentially. Oh, shut out. Yeah, it's good. Good two part. Oh, he was undercover. It's been years since I watched that one. Eh? The real um, kicking off point in this film was one of my favourite kind of set pieces of yet, which was the, the rogue torpedo hitting the ship and the two hitmen going in. Yeah. yeah uh, it was yes. so wonderfully done. Everyone yeah. being so confused back on the Enterprise and wondering like, yeah, and then just going shots. through and like, yeah, it's like, them out. according to this, we have fired. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. a conspiracy. Like, it's a brilliantly mixed scene as well. Yeah, the amazing. score is terrific. And then you've got yeah. like, when Uhura is um, signalling the Klingon ship and her voice is echoing around the corridors yeah. as they're stomping through, like, you know, shooting people. I thought it was a really Dramatic. They look wicked as well, like the, 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 kind of the spacesuits that really like Dark like, Punk coming in, being like, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I just, it was something really creepy. You know, it's not like almost like eighties horror film, right? Because they're really slow. Yeah. They're not rushing. They're like literally suddenly just, went all faceless because you, you know, know like it Michael was. Myers just casually walking through, yeah, just like it, shooting Klingons left, right, and centre. Very threatening, yeah. Because you see the the gun float of the whole scene. You know, they're unarmed as well, so they could take him out as easily. Yeah, because it's hard because you don't. You know, imagine seeing Klingons really helpless, but they couldn't do anything. They had, they had no, yeah. You think they'd be shooting back or something, but they were like yeah. in their pajamas pretty much. You know, it's like <laughs> two, around, two thirty in the morning. They're like, come on, I'm winding down. <laughs> just had dinner. I just had dinner. I'm full. <laughs> all, 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 the, all the Enterprise crew had to go to bed early. Yeah, uh, and you know, the Klingons are up all night drinking still. <laughs> I love the most Harris I saw there. Um, yeah, like um, it's a it's a terrific sequence, and uh, you've got the. Um, um, 
interesting bit where before Kurt beans aboard, like things that you see on a secondary watch where he slaps the patch on his back, which is such a throwaway moment. Ah, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. because it's Spock is always thinking ahead, like he's he's already like too like you're going to get captured. I'm going to track you. Let's yeah, do this now. it's uh, but he really, he's trying to already undo the, the situation he's created. Mm. You know, um, there's that underlying guilt in it that he's probably like, oh yeah. God. There's um. The, there's a special extended version of this film for video, which is what well, I think the version a lot of people have seen it, and um, it's introduced a couple more plot holes, which I think are a bit more problematic. Um, there was um, you see them go down and check the torpedo room, and um, you get Scotty's actually a bit racist in this bit where he says like oh, that Klingon bitch, she didn't shed one bloody tear. Oh, I love that. I love. And she's like, what was the line? I was like, oh, she's like, oh. It's probably his daughter. Probably killed the bitch. Probably killed him. Right? Yeah, I love that. Klingon bitch killed her <laughs> yeah. father. I made me laugh. I was like laughing out loud. I was like, that's so funny. Yeah, but it's just like, he wasn't like there to see it. This is the thing. It's yeah. like you know, um, such jumping to assumption, that kind of racist. Isn't that Klingon bitch? I don't know what they're doing. Isn't that a really weird tonal scene? Because isn't there a bit where Lenser yeah. goes? Oh yeah, but Cleon hasn't cried. It's like, well, it's because they don't have tear ducts. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, they conclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see this bit? You no, know? no, I read about the scene. The scene. I so yeah. is that not in the original? Then? No, it's not in the film. So I just saw yeah. that. Is this the, the director's edition? Is it? Well, it was actually for video. Like they actually put these scenes back in, and and also. Um, René Aubergonis, who plays um, Odo on Deep Space Nine, yeah, was in this it. film playing like um, a colonel for Starfleet, who is more of a, he's one of the conspirators as well. And he's yeah. planning to rescue Kirk McCoy with military action. Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, oh, my, my, the is that another, a cut scene? Is it? Yeah, oh, that's the one I watched recently. How yeah, that's the one you watched. Okay, yeah, so I, watched, I watched it on, uh, on yeah. Sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other cables, blah blah blah. Cables. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking about yeah. Chekhov not having much to do <laughs> in the film, uh, funnily enough, obviously Walter uh, Koning, who plays Chekhov, obviously hoped to give Chekhov a bit more to do, as he actually came up with his own script outline oh, for this yeah, movie yeah. called oh, In Flanders Fields. Uh, I presume that Chekhov had an expanded role. Uh, but in it, the Romulans join the Federation and go to war with the Klingons. The Enterprise crew accepts Spock, are forced to retire for not meeting fitness tests. Realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how she when, hates Spock. When so. Spock and his no, new out. crew are captured by a monstrous worm-like race of aliens, which Cody describes as things like the monsters and aliens evolved from, the old crew must rescue them. Why would you send the old crew in? Like, if they just the fitness yeah, yeah. Oh, the younger crew felt get these guys who felt the <laughs> becomes fitness becomes unexpendable is what sort of the yeah. uh, yeah, and in the end in. all the characters except McCoy and Spock die yeah well, keep, keep McCoy uh, you know, in the oldest person there everyone uh, gets killed off that, I love that I'm surprised it wasn't like and everyone dies but Chekhov uh, may, maybe that was Captain maybe that was because uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe because McCoy and Spock are the only ones who appeared in Next Generation. Yeah. The, I ripped uh, the captaincy off of Kurt Cold Dead. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the only okay, way you can't yeah. get around that. Yeah, yeah, very odd. I was like, what? So it could have been a very different final flight for the uh, it's amazing, crew. Yeah. Chekhov is that. Was that in any danger of? Going through with that idea, like oh, anyone I listening to don't me, believe like, so. yeah, that's great, buddy. I mean, it's a yes, Walter. I'll just follow that away. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read the hell out of that. That's basically he's gonna bring those star, like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the is gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Submarine. But no, I think uh, the film we got was probably a bit more interesting than <laughs> uh, Koning's vision, um, to be honest. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I really like it. 
uh, I think it's really, really good. Not quite as good as Khan, like I would say, but I mean, I think it's second only to Khan yeah. in the original series films for me. It's yeah, just a good yeah. ride, isn't it? You know, it's, an, it's just the right amount of action. Visually, it looks good. It's a strong like. Mm. All the effects are really good. You know, we see it go to different planets, mm. and yeah. you know, it's, that it's blue, really strong that looking. Blue alien guy and the shape yeah, shifting. brilliant. The you know, great prosthetic stuff. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. That was great actually yeah, for the time. Yeah, yeah that was I think really so. impressive. As David Bowie's widow, yeah, um, Iman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I thought that was quite impressive because I remember when that film came out, they they used that shot a lot to promote it because it was just like. You know, these yeah. are the, Look what we could do. This is your blow your load shots, isn't it? Of like CGI. <laughs> I, like, I mean, because they want to try to like the Shatner versus Shatner, which you mentioned. Yeah, it's like it. Ash versus Ash. Yeah, like, it's pure. It's so good. And uh, we, we actually had a bit of contention about this like line where he's uh, talking about, um, you know, I can't believe I kissed you. It must be your lifelong ambition. And just like, what was that about? Because, yeah. but we really, oh, yeah. but we, we put. Oh, no. Uh, Liam went online oh, it's the same forums we asked about the hipster trek uh, very good source and just, and yeah the, the, what came back was the general consensus it was what I felt deep down yeah. it was like a nod to Shatner's love of himself yeah yeah, yeah that's what most people yeah, seem to feel yeah pretty clear <laughs> which I love that I love that yeah, yeah and I think it was just a nice thing apparently Shatner really liked the line so uh, <laughs> it's alright but uh, you know I was it is one of those break the fourth wall moments which kind of was a bit weird but, but it, looked, it was done so well though because it just very look, it looked amazing actually yeah it does surprising like you know because it would have been old school you know switching the yeah you know, like split screen like yeah but like his like wig too. double yeah. was great <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can tell the difference but, man it was great the, I mean I, I think poor old, old uh, DeForest Kelly who wasn't very well at this point being rolled over by two shadows oh, yeah no. uh, I was like <laughs> poor, the poor guy should have got some danger late, late, that, like, late you know, smack down on him straight, straight. Shatner's gonna roll over me. <laughs> Two of them. Two of Shatner's. And his reaction when Kurt's getting like snogged on the bunk. He's just like, what's he saying? Like, how do you do it, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, think we're all no, I love that. That, it, that, line he come, that line he comes in later and he goes, but you were, you last night with Purdy. Don't <laughs> remind me. <laughs> you know, he's like walking through those like, like cave tunnels or something. It's like, <laughs> just can't get away with it. He can't stop himself, can he? But it feels like really intelligent filmmaking, I feel. And, I mean, funnily enough, I saw very much echoes of um, the modern version of Battlestar Galactica mm. in this, in mm. that kind of far more mature political allegory of the time. Yeah, like, sure. you know, definitely so. Like, obviously, yeah. uh, Ronald D. Moore later came on the writing team for Deep Space, uh, Nine, Deep Space Nine, yeah. Nine and Next Generation, I believe. So it yeah, makes I sense. I wonder if it was this that got him... Maybe, maybe really so. Well, I feel that, yeah, there's a genuine stab at trying to create a, a reality. Like, the, the shit feels lived in actually that doesn't feel like a skeleton yeah. crew I'm like yeah. five where you feel the, the money's not there to actually show crew members here mm. this feels like a populated starship yeah it absolutely feels like it feels yeah. lifting as you say yeah. you know that's uh, it, more than any other films I've seen you know even from Next Generation you, you, you said it's a TV series you, you see so many episodes about it but it still feels like Empty. they can go go home when they want to go home you know and it, but yeah. not actually living in it mm. yeah. I feel like any scene happening anywhere on any of the ships was just populated by yeah. all the other extras standing around like yeah. whenever it's when they're looking for the boots or when they're in the bunks hiding and anything yeah. on the bridge it's just like people yeah. everywhere but it's, like, it's, it's like quite hard living as well because you like they're all like in bunks it's like no privacy for like the you know the other crew members yeah, it's yeah. Like, god man like um, I just spoke. I'm going to re- resurrect an old section of my uh, previous podcast, which I've, I've missed out a lot a couple of times. But I think uh, trailer watch. Uh, We're going back to trailer watch, uh, and um, the teaser for this um, got two different reactions, like from me and my fiance, who I showed it to. Um, now, 
to describe the teaser to you, it is a, uh, a long shot of the Enterprise flying over the camera very slowly and onto the Enterprise projected clips of the um, Enterprise's exploits throughout the years. And we watched this together, didn't yes, we? Yes, so 25 yeah, yeah. years. So it's the 25th anniversary and you've got Crystal Plummin telling a wonderful uh, soliloquy about, like, for 25 years they've been our friends, <laughs> our protectors. You know, and all this kind of thing to say, you know, now they will come together for one last time on a voyage the undiscovered country. And um, it's, it's it, I thought, oh, that's pretty classy. Um, as I said, it sounds a bit desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Please I, watch this film. And I think off the five, she may be right. Just like, just remind you, you did like Star Trek once. So, um, <laughs> by the way, you've you got your money, come on. Yeah, did so far frontier, just come out one more time. Come I on. promise you, it won't be bad. Um, so that's, that's the teaser. I mean, the trailer itself, the one is exactly the plot of the film, like yeah. spoiler central, yeah. like every single. Well, it literally ends with Kirk doing the fire. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is the, the best push in in cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just love that dolly. It's in, amazing, and you know, Shatner just kneeling down and with his fist pump, fire. Yeah, it's, he wanted it's that. He wanted that fire straight away. It's the original it? film's fire everything. I mean, that's kind of like Kirk's perfect swan song right there, isn't it? Because uh, then he does it again, like, like two shots later, doesn't he? It's like a bit fire, fire, goes, yeah. fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I, I thought it was quite, you know, because it was quite an epic battle at that point, and you think, oh great, he's, you know, right, Klingon's like weighing in, and Bird of Prey is a wicked ship anyway, like, oh, my favourite Klingon ships, and you just think. And then, like, we got one missile, like, see you later. Like, shoot one. It was like, mm. oh, damn. Yeah, they, well, it was amazing. I, I thought it was quite surprised how, like, yeah, short the, that bit was. But Well, the Klingon ships are um, yeah. apparently not great shielded. No, uh, right, they're there okay. to kind of swoop in. I mean, I know Sulu came in and... Yeah, yeah the, the battle damage is amazing. That yeah. that shot the Enterprise hit where it gets hit. From oh below, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like bloody like backburst. Like yeah, I think that's, that's my favourite shot in the film. Was, yeah. was there a CGI Enterprise? Because there's one moment I looked in. It, yeah. it looked it looked kind of almost like is it the one part, that, when it goes across the, yeah, the new yeah, screen? No, yeah, yeah. It was just an, probably an overlit shot. I think yeah, sure. It's slightly like white. It makes it look because I think it's too many lights on the ship. But it's um, I think the battle is beautiful. Like in terms of the uh, they, they really nailed it. I think yeah. for using you know the old school set before CGI, and they just yeah. started really yeah, getting well good. The model stuff just looking fantastic. There's some amazing camera work as well. Yeah, that absolutely. shot that spirals down when yeah. people are dashing about the engine room becomes yeah. down. Yeah. It's really dynamic. The next generation engine room with a bit I mean, of considering considering the cuts that were made in the budget to yeah. this film, I've it's literally think it looks this, incredibly this impressive. Is He's got a great visual sense. He hired yeah. but it's like he knows how to you know add work some dynamic. With a budget. Like shots in there, I feel like it just feels you're in such more safe hands. I, I like it because it's simple, you know, like in a way, like it, they're not showing you too much, they're just showing you the right amount, you know, mm. and they're focusing on characters and they're not like scripting characters com yeah. compared to now where they're going, well, we can do that, no worries, no mm. worries, you know, mm. you're going to get Gotta totally overwhelmed by everything. One of my great issues like, about this final battle, though, is the discovery of the, their idea to take down Klingon Bird of Prey was originally Sulu's idea. Now, at the beginning, you might, did anybody pick up on this? Like, it's Excelsior that has the equipment right. for scanning for gaseous anomalies. And they say that we've spent three years now with scanning yeah. for gaseous anomalies. And it would have been Excelsior that comes up with the idea. And in the end, it's Uhura turns to Kirk and goes, well, what about the equipment we're carrying for uh, cataloging gaseous anomalies? Yeah. It's like, no, it's not us, it's the other ship. Yeah. So it's going to be Sulu was going to suggest the idea to them. And um, Kirk overruled it. Well, no, Shatner overruled it. He said, I don't want Sulu coming up with the idea. 
or George Decay. Oh, that would have been so good if they but were really it, yeah, on the ropes about to die and then Sulu swoops in with their plan. Well, he, 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 Sulu could have easily shot him, yeah. did the first hit, and then Kirk could have been like... Yeah, but do, he could swap it around and him swap to do like, target yeah, explosion and fire. Even yeah. if it was Shatner's ego saying, oh, I, 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 want, I want to be the one that saves the day, it wasn't him. It's Uhura comes up with the idea, Spock carries it out with Dr. McCoy's help. I think in that bit, Shatner's just sitting in the middle of the <laughs> like, swiveling his chair going, okay, yeah, I'll just let me know when to save fire and I'll do my little fist bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a bit shame, weird. That is, that is a bit weird because... I think that would have been like a nice a, nod a, to Sulu as well. You it's know, a plot like, hole, which I've always like. Yeah, I've never really thought of it yeah. like that. That's really mm. yeah. But one thing I am glad about this movie is we finally get Kirk on trial properly. Yeah. What I've always wanted. Yeah. yeah. Kirk on trial, and I think that trial set is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really love it. The, the judge looks wicked, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, proper, so like, awesome. So well done. I mean, they really give they a kind of illusion of scale mm. in that, and that's. Great to see, and I do like the fact that it's Carl Wolf's ancestor kind of defending. Yeah. I no, think I it's, like it's quite a really cute, good nod, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, just uh, quite together, nice. It? Yeah. But yeah, I, I really love that scene. I love them going to actual like prison, this kind of weird snowy prison planet. Uh, yeah, I love the dogs. Really fun <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's the thing. It's all the, the whole film is so engaging, like you say, through just really scripting character because mm. there's not a huge amount of big wow special effects and action when it comes it's great yeah. but you it's know right. it's... I mean it is like you know an assassination movie with a prison escape and all this kind of stuff but none so of those sequences are thriller, dialed up to 10 it's Manchurian Candidate yeah, sci-fi it's edition it's like 7 or 8 out of 10 in terms of like each sequence how well it's executed I feel like you know it's as a whole, it works. It's great, but it, you can see that you know, with a bit more money, that these bits could have been bigger and that kind of thing. But it just it does brilliantly with what it has. It didn't have yeah. to overdo it, though, did they? It yeah. kind of sets the story. You know exactly what's going on without it having to sort of mm. overexplain everything as well. It was just great, you know. Just yeah, I yeah. Think it looked really strong. Just like well, I agree. one, one little simple. thing I, I jumped up at that probably no one else noticed, except maybe you, Liam. I don't know, is there's that exterior shot of the like peace committee thing on the planet where yeah. it's happening? Yeah. That know. building is the command centre from Power Rangers. Yeah, is it I not? thought that. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, do you know what? I, I was so weird. Is that the Power Rangers building? I'll, I'll show you a comparison. Yeah. We'll put it up on the website or something. But Have the, they made a comparison? The, I, I'll find them. Uh, well, yeah. But the Power Rangers <laughs> command centre where Zordon exactly lives, what which, which yeah. ironically is yeah. on the mountainous bit in the desert where they yeah. film as a Star Trek. It's like a building and it's got like a weird sort of tube yeah, in the middle. Yeah, right, right, It's right. exactly the same as this building. As soon as I saw it, I was it's like... It's so weird because oh, I thought the same thing. I was like... Yes, it like wasn't just me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I looked them up and they are slightly different, yeah, but yeah. that main circular tube yeah, yeah, is kind of We were saying earlier, actually, before the, before the podcast, about like Power Rangers and how cheap it was. Yeah, yeah. Power Rangers, like, Star Trek, Shared Universe confirmed. Well, no, just like, that's it. Just like, you know, nicking whatever was in the in the archives. Zordon is an old Klingon or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh poor old Roddenberry uh, never lived to see the film's release unfortunately he did uh, see a rough cut he saw a cuts. Yeah, yeah he saw okay. a rough cut and demanded uh, a, a, a quarter of the scenes to be cut the producers refused and with in and 48 hours he was dead oh, God. Um, of heart failure um, and then to add insult to injury Paramount did consider spending close to 240,000 to send his ashes into space a move that had the backing of fans 
but decide against it. Yeah, just chuck him. But there really isn't the money for it, was there? Like, uh, you know. Well, they did so. it with Scotty, didn't they? Well, they apparently, they made it into yeah. space eventually in 1997 yeah. through some other kind of like means. But, you know, it's the fact that they're like, right now, ignore those cuts. Oh, these ashes, chuck them in the bin. Like, <laughs> that story for a few years. Chuck them in that jar. Mm. It'd be to know retrospectively like how much he disliked it and then it's like the first thing you see in the film for Gene Roddenberry like, yeah, yeah. you would have hated <laughs> like uh, I don't know I don't think would you mean you would have hated it I don't and know. He, did, he didn't like it he really felt he didn't want to see the crew acting this way but uh, he did sure. want for the dramatic like move of the film to, you know to show them on this journey and come to the grips you know terms with like their prejudices and overcome them yeah, yeah. I can see I can see what he's saying then because as you said before they really weren't like that in the series do we know what his favourite of the movies was Uh, probably the motion picture I would imagine I mean it's funny I actually watched um, William Shatner's documentary about um, Next Generation Chaos on the Bridge Um, he directed a documentary about the kind of birth of that series, I actually watched it in prep for our next episode, um, where we'll be focusing on uh, Generations, obviously, which is the first TNG kind of film. But it kind of makes sense here, um, in the sense that that was his kind of you know second bite of the apple of a kind of TV series after Star Trek was uh, ignobly cancelled. And it's oh, a lot of like ones in the seventies, like pilots. Well, right? yeah, pilots, but did nothing really <laughs> successful. And like, and the thing is, is he was constantly clashing with everyone else because he really wanted to promote this utopian vision all the time and there couldn't be any conflict because he was like no no it's peaceful all the time everyone's fine everything like that. so literally there was no conflict so they were bashing up against him the writers were going crazy because he wouldn't allow any conflict in the show whatsoever and it just it doesn't work like unfortunately yeah unfortunately yeah. I, I admire work. his vision like uh, great not, not everyone's but... on the same wavelength aren't they and that's where the, the drama is isn't it you know yeah yeah, it's, unfortunately it's not perhaps, especially as we're seeing these sides, not as uh, realistic as we would like. Um, but yeah, I mean, great, great movie, I think, overall. Um, I mean, just in the, in the finale, they've got a few notes here. Um, just look at the, the assassin, you know, who actually is revealed to be Colonel West in the extended version, to be like an actual human under the mask. Oh. It's like a Klingon with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's a human from Klingon mask, oh, sorry. Oh. And, um, you know, because he pulls off the mask and it's like yeah. red red blood. You see it briefly in the Fashion yeah, Fashion. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's very Scooby-Doo. Like <laughs> that. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the assassin's shot of, <laughs> actually misses the president anyway. Like, if you've got to freeze frame it, like I, I did, because I was just looking out for Shannon's stun double. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do <laughs> like that they're a, lo- they're a human bad guys too, that it shows yeah, these yeah. equal on both sides. I mean, I was quite original about it, because it sides. was that... Uh, they both didn't really want it, you yeah. Know, in a weird yeah. way, yeah, 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 yeah. Like just prefer it the way it is, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Really um, good. I find it funny also. Chekhov pulls the, his phaser on the Klingon ambassador, who isn't one of the conspirators. But if you watch the bits, <laughs> he actually just like puts a gun at him. I'm pretty sure it's like this is Chekhov's most ignoble like performance. Uh, <laughs> you know, pulls a gun on the wrong. Still person. annoyed about his script not being approved. Yeah, yeah. but what Scotty to the rescue. That was amazing. Just well, I just want to be, of all the people on the crew to send up loads of flight of stairs. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So true. He just comes out like, 
Oh, oh, the president's dead. Oh, you get a good couple of minutes of tension out. Just cut, cut under him. Cut <laughs> up the stairs. Well, talk about talk about tension. Like, like we were saying with that music, with uh, Spock and McCoy trying to get the torpedo out. Yeah, oh brilliant. man, yeah, the great. score is so good. Just yeah. classic banner all the way through that bass. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what does he mean by it? It's like, I bet you wish you'd stood in bed. Huh? That's one of McCoy's lines where he's like, uh, they. Um, uh, you know, him and Spock had worked on a t- torpedo and right. I bet you wish you stood in bed. And Spock says that's highly illogical because it doesn't make any fucking sense, <laughs> well, yes. I, 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 I put the subtitles on to make sure I wasn't mishearing that. It's a blind, yeah, I do yeah. not understand it one bit. Yeah. If anybody could write in and tell me what... Do they <laughs> sleep on their feet like vampires or something, like up, upright? <laughs> uh, just before the battle, actually, I love the scene in Kirk's... Uh, no, in Spock's quarters where you get the final kind of moment between, I guess, Kirk and Spock in the entire saga, really, where they're alone and Spock saying, you know, now that we're old, we've outlived our usefulness, and uh, that kind of, it's very touching to kind of hope to forgive Spock at that moment, like, you know, don't worry, it's like, you know, I was an ass. <laughs> mm. Well, by the end, they've all come back together, haven't they? And at the, it, the final scene, they kind of get that moment where you almost think they're going to become fugitives for a second, where they're meant to be going in, yeah. and then he's just like, nah. Let's go. And I really thought, because I couldn't remember how it ended, I thought, what? Do they just randomly fly off and just We're not come back? Uh, uh, you know, but then they reveal that, oh no, they're obviously just going for a kind of, you know, bit of a joyride, isn't it? Going, but even that, that's kind of VO, where he says, like, oh, we're just going for one little final kind of ride. So I thought, was originally it planned that they were meant to be going, right, we're fucking off. See you later, Federation. <laughs> if this does really well, maybe we'll do another one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then they were like, oh no, we're doing a Generation film next, let's just shove this in. Come on, one more. Say they're coming back. I quite like that though, that's kind of It's fun. That's kind of in their characters, isn't it? Where we just go, you know. Yeah, go to hell. Go to hell, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to round it off. It does feel like fitting goodbye. Yeah, it is a lovely ending. Like It's a really emotional wrap-up, it's the best ending. Yeah, the, the sh- everybody gets their close up. I feel like you yeah. know their reaction to like you know this is it, this is retirement. The like, signature credits was a bit of an odd touch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I nice. thought that was quite good. Because yeah. when the method off. saw, <laughs> but I, I feel like you know because it wraps up on the Star Trek theme uh, as Shatner writes his, it just feels like a nice. Yeah, that's, that's a, it works for me by the end of that mm-hmm. bit. Well, the beginning, you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of liked the ending. It kind of ends how it always ended with them, the crew just carrying on. And not like some like sort of draw it out, like goodbye kind of thing. That could have been... Not, not Chekhov's yeah. vision, the more yeah. getting they wiped had, out. Yeah, yeah, they had the wiped goodbye out. to Sulu, so that was nice. Yeah. Was just like, goodbye, Captain Sulu, goodbye, Captain Kirk. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I think it's. Yeah, I love that he does say, you know, it was, yeah. you know, going to action, see you catching with you one last yeah. time, Captain. Because it is like that is the swan song then, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was good to see the crew on the bridge for one last time. It really ended them on a high. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm. And it was a successful movie as well in the end, which I'm glad to see. You almost made a hundred million, like for a twenty-seven million budget. That's not bad. No, nope. uh, yeah, that's pretty good. So you know, life in the old dog yet, but. Paramount didn't believe that, and that's why they hired the TNG crew for the next uh, film. Well, I know, as you say, it was a good ending for them. You know, after, you can imagine if they did another one, it'd be like, yeah, dragging no, out. Too, too old. I think yeah. you, if a, a hilarious take on that, just look no further than The Simpsons, yes. who did yes. Star Trek so 19. Very old. <laughs> very, very old. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, so it's like, sir, we've got the Klingons. <laughs> oh, the Klingons. Always <laughs> with the Klingons. <laughs> I love that. It's like so. so Final thoughts. What did what did we think of this film? 
Okay, so we go Paul, first. Go on. For me, I'll go first this time. Um, for me, I really like this film. It's definitely up there uh, for me. I think it's probably my second favourite of the original uh, crew movies. Um, so yeah, I would probably give this one a 7.5. I, I think it's an excellent film. I love all the elements. I love the, the plot with it in terms of like you know, mirroring real life events and making a statement on that. And it's very hopeful with the outcome. Tom? I, I just think it's generally like a really consistent Star Trek film. It, it, from start to finish, good story. It takes you, you know, loads of places and, you know, you've got great character development, great humour in it, which is, you know, what I think what I really love about the original films, you know, you've got this great sort of character interaction with, like, Bones and yeah. Kirk it, it and is Spock just weighing in with his kind yeah. of more human... He's getting more humanised, you know, throughout the films, isn't he? Sort of being less Vulcan and, you know, I just, I just really enjoyed that element of it and just great characters, you know, great Klingon, you know, the Chang guy, brilliant, he just, he looks menacing, he looks, you know, mean, and uh, it's a good final, final battle, really, you know, for, for, for Kirk and the Enterprise, and, you know, it's just a nice way to sort of send them off, and... Mm. I think he's, he's great, because he's the master manipulator as well, he actually goes and, like, is yeah, the... Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. He, he's the um, prosecution he, he, at Kirk's he, trial as well, which yeah. is just You like, knew something stunk <laughs> from, from day one when you met him, because he was a bit too smarmy, and I... And I he's I reminiscent that. of Khan as well, isn't yeah. he, in a lot of ways? He had an eye patch, he's evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rating out of ten, Tom? I, I'd say eight, yeah, definitely. Eight, okay. Really good, yeah, definitely. Okay, I mean, yeah... I think it's great, but really intelligent, really engaging, um, considering the budget is reasonably low, what it is, I think it makes absolutely the most of it, yeah, uh, and I think it really, it, despite the fact that you often look at some of these films and go, bloody hell, they're old, I think this one makes a real benefit of it. it yeah. Just like Final Frontier did in the sense of they played off and made it funny, with this, it's like, no, this only makes sense mm. if we've seen Kirk live through all his adventures to become this embittered old man. Kind of thing, yeah. You know. um, yeah, I think it's great, so I'm going to give it an 8.2. Oh. Yeah, just on that, I feel like this one, they really made it out from the outset, we should be retired, yeah. we shouldn't be doing yes. this. Yes, nobody and does a sexy sets, sets, Yeah, that sets it up <laughs> for the film. It's like you kind, of, you kind of buy it a lot more, that they're all this old doing this job. Because they are, they, it is the last time. Yeah, yeah. I, I echo all your thoughts with it being right up there with Khan. I think I'd put it at the same, sort of just below. And nothing against the other films, but I think this one has the best blend of all the elements that make the ones that work work. So yeah. I think in terms of note, story, action, character, humour, this to me was the best blend of all of that all wrapped up in this amazingly engaging sort of political thriller. Fast-paced, too. And yeah, really fast-paced. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. fast-paced, yeah. But it moves really nicely. Like, the pacing's kind of really good from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You're, not You're not bored, are you? You watch that and no. you're kind of going, what? Okay, right, okay, we're over here now. Yeah. Which I love that. And where that can get can really ruin a film, that's like, just seems just, just right through the whole sort of scenario. Yeah. 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 The, the end space battle is probably my favourite of the lot. The, you know, assassins on the ship is one of my best kind of set pieces. Yeah. And so many great lines that really kind of reflect the time then and the time now. Like, I think it's um, the Gorkon guy who says, uh, if there was to be a brave new world, our generation is going to have it the hardest time living in it. Yeah, that's like, really good. Yeah. That's kind of us. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. People, you know, you can, like, you know, have a new idea. Like, and yeah. if people don't know where you are, like, you can still be turned around. You're not, like, entrenching your thoughts forever. If yeah. you can. I mean, some of it looks 
a bit cheesy, but nothing about it is cheesy. Like every both sides, good and bad, mm. are treated equally, and there's good and bad on each side. It's very kind of shades of grey, and that's what really makes this work. Mm. And I'm rating it eight point five. Oh, yeah, good start. That's just that's a, good just start. a high eight, just below my Khan ring, but definitely up there. Amazing. Can I just one other thing? It's like. Um, I thought about it really, literally last last few minutes. Was um, cutting on budget for their military spending is so big that they cannot like deal with an environmental disaster. Yet they can't afford to employ sober listening post. Uh, you know, people like you know literally this is the Klingon border. It's like the most worst defended figure. That's just some drunk guy. He's like no. I love that. Clearly, who had no idea what she's talking about, and he was just kind of like. Not even suspicious at all about yeah. it. And a preparation yeah. has come across your... Uh, <laughs> your just laughing about it. Well, there's so much junk in this, oh, and this yeah. isn't there? I mean, like, like you say, it's the fact that the... Uh, I couldn't be the Enterprise crew while terribly hungover are expected to go back and work. It's like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait so there's not, there's not anyone else, there's not another shift to take over yeah. from you guys because should you not have got so pissed yeah, yeah. last night? No, yeah. no Romulan Ale <laughs> yeah. meetings. It's yeah. probably the worst thing to happen, you know, if you're hungover really, get accused of a murder <laughs> and like, <laughs> sent to yeah. like, a prison yeah. planet. Yeah. In about six hours, you're like, come on. Yeah, this is still over. I'm still, you know, I just want to eat pizza. This is and, you know, the go. night of. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah pretty much, yeah. So, Undiscovered Country... Great. Out on a high. Uh, next month, we'll be talking about Star Trek Generations. Bad boy film. The first uh, film to feature the Next Generation crew. Who are they then? Uh, are they? Well, and before we get to that, <laughs> Matt is our novice Trekkie. Um, before we started this journey... He'd never seen any Star Trek apart from the uh, JJ verse, pretty, much. pretty um, much. So, you've not ever seen an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, have you? No, I've only ever flicked past it on Channel Four, and not seen any of the never films or anything like that. And you know, I'm sure most Trekkies will be sitting at home aghast, thinking, <laughs> "How is this possible? Like, How can?" I think I can. I can only be reminded of extras where, uh, like, uh, Ricky Gervais claims he's never seen it. It's like you never. I'm sure they won't believe us. They're going to think you're some kind of Carl Pilkerton created character uh, for this podcast. <laughs> so, to, to prove it, we've okay. decided to test your metal with a Star Trek Next Generation quiz. We have, me and Liam have created a couple of questions Bring it, here. bring it. Um, oh, now, awesome. we're going to be on the sidelines, aren't we, Todd, that you're going to go to us if. If uh, Matt isn't able yeah. to answer, you'll come and get the right answer. Not that I it's think we'll do that much for these gentlemen. Actually. Okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> but first is is Matt. Okay, so the first question is: Can you name the crew of the Enterprise D? D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that's what the one we're talking a? about. Um, okay, so Picard, I know. Right. Then there's Visor Man. You can't see. Do you have a name for this Visor Man? <laughs> no, he's this Visor Man. Lieutenant <laughs> Visor Man. Uh, is Worf, is I heard that name. <laughs> ah, Vazerman. I've been uh, hearing, yeah, I've been hearing the Worf today. Yeah. Okay. Um, the pale skinned robot guy. Yeah. Uh, Come on. He knows visually <laughs> what he's on about. I, no, I honestly don't know. That's okay. half a point. Come um, on. Spinner, that's it. Brent Spinner. Spiner. Spiner. Yeah. Don't know I know the exact name. It's not a character name. That's pretty good. That's though. good, that's good though. Yeah. And there's the uh, br- brunette lady, right? I don't know what she. Is Which she a doctor? One? I've no oh, idea
Oh, was she a doctor? Oh, oh wait, wait, no, wait, there's... See, you are the worst, like, handy now. And for, like, a bonus point. I'm trying to think of the, uh... The he's roles. got at least one point for all the half points he's making. <laughs> trying to think of all the roles and their equivalents. Like, I don't know who their Scotty is, if, if they have one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, okay, yeah. So Picard. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so we've got Picard, Picard. Orf, That's it. Yeah. It's okay. not bad. Yeah. Oh, well, right. give, okay. Give, okay. You could have. You could have had Riker. Riker. Data. Data. Well, that's where he kind of got Data. Doctor Crusher. I think you were close on that one. No, but Doctor Crusher. She's not really brown hair. She's like more, she's like, more kind blondie. Of blondie yeah. yeah, but but you're thinking more of yeah, Councillor Troy. Yeah. Like, yeah, possibly. Uh, the most eighties idea to have a councillor sitting next to the captain. And that's a cheat, that's a new role, there was no counsel. Lieutenant, yeah, Lieutenant well. Commander Worf, yeah, because clearly like Kirk would never actually get any work done, he'd be in therapy the whole way. So you could get bonus points for Tasha Yar, Wesley, Guinan and Pulaski. Okay. You, didn't, O'Brien. You, didn't pa- you didn't pass over to us, um, Chief oh. O'Brien. We'll, we'll, we'll forget that, we'll just comment yeah, on, uh, on Bram's not. rubbish. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, okay, so who is the marvellous nemesis who appears in the pilot, several episodes and oh. finale? Um, oh. Clue, their name is often in the title of the episode. Uh, Khan's brother, Keen. <laughs> Keen, Keen and Khan. Gonna <laughs> pass this to Liam and Pump. Q. Oh, oh, Q. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Name three Q. new villains of the Next Generation. Villains. Okay. Well, I know there's there's the Borg, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, well okay, done. Okay. Yeah. They, they've they've saturated the culture enough. Um, oh, that, that's about it. I, okay. I, don't, I just got Klingon on okay. the brain. Uh, Kardashians, correct? Kardashians, oh, yeah. Ferengi, yeah. Ferengi, yeah. I think that, and there's one more, but I think it's a bit of a weird one. I said Law, which is uh, Data's uh, evil okay. brother. Oh, oh, I suppose he's been it's multiple. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of any other. Can you think of any other villain species that you'd come along? Because you've got Romans and Klingons are already in it. Aren't yeah. Um, sure. So, how many years did the show run for? Um, kind of good with years. I'm going to say seven. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's a big well, they're, all, they're all seven seasons after it, TNG, Deep Space One, and Voyager. All seven seasons. Yeah, it's a lot of track. A lot of track. Right. Oh yeah, just actually, Tommy, you you watched Next Generation in in full or? Uh... I I've I've recently watched it. Uh, it's really weird. I find it really hard work now. Yeah. Compared to like before. the whole the whole thing back to back. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I started watching um, the original series just for like classicness. Yeah, and you think, God, that's hard work, but as well, but it's it's good. I love it. It's entertaining. <laughs> I, you know, as much as I love it, it's great. Next generation, I sort of like started the first season, but I hate the uniforms in season one so much that I literally yeah, write about a beard. Like, I don't even want to know about you. Well, doesn't about everyone say it's like shit for the first three seasons? <laughs> yeah, I, I literally like since. I sort of started back on like season four and then watched the last season where, you know, it's got all the it good stuff. Bit, it gets good, but... Yeah, like Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah, Deep Space Nine there. I got into, I watched like the first, when I first watched it, I had, my uh, sister had the whole season one box set, so I, I, I nailed that. And then I sort of got into it a bit later on when it had like the Dominion. That was yeah, the, yeah, really yeah, 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 really good. Cool. Yeah. Like, it started to go um, serial format, where it's actually one yeah. story or a whole yes, series, which yeah. is new to Trek. Which, which I liked. I mean, Deep Space Nine was hard. It's quite a lot of hard work as well at first, but once it started bringing in like Wharf and mm. it got really cool. I, I was more into Voyager, definitely. I probably watched more Voyager than anything. Mm. But I, I just really enjoyed that. I think Boyd is the only one I've watched in in full. Yeah, I'd say pretty much. Which is mad. Yes, well, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're messing me. I'll catch you. Right, continue. Quiz. Okay, back Sorry. to the. Okay, so the next question, Matt, is how long after the original series is the next generation set? And you can be within ten years. Um, 
20? Incorrect. Pass it to the... Oh, I can't so 100. No. No. 80. Yeah, I'll go with 80. Because it's, I think it's like the... In generations, it's all, say, 78 years later. Yeah, is isn't Scotty McCoy, like, 120 yeah. years old yeah. when he turns up or something? Because I swear Scotty's in one of them. Was he that is, the, yeah. Is Scotty in what? Yeah, yeah. Was that a time travel thing, though? It was. He was stuck in a transport. Ah, uh, of course And he they, they rematerialised yeah. him, and he's like... Oh, so it isn't just... Yeah. Bones and um, and Spock, yeah. and Scotty as well. Anyone else turn up in TNG? Not that I think of. Yeah, no. Takai appears in uh, Voyager. Right, it's Captain Sulu. Yeah. Um, so what is? Yeah, he must have been old in Voyager, though, man. Yeah. Name two of Picard's catchphrases. Uh, make it so. Yeah. All right. And. Uh, let's sit down in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> let's all have a sit down in the chair. <laughs> Correct. For. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I was, I was gonna say. You just answered my other question, which is what does Picard call Riker? <laughs> uh, uh, Wesley. That was yeah. my genuine guess. Uh, Tom? Uh, I've, so, and. He oh, says so much shit. Uh, Mr. Data. He always goes out that was Mr. Data. <laughs> same as me, yeah. Yeah, it's like Mr. Data. Yeah. Uh, and I, I should have written that because I've forgotten it. <laughs> shut up, Wesley. Yeah, shut Wesley. up. Wesley. Was it Engage? Engage. Engage, oh, yeah. Wow. That's yeah, such yeah. a simple one. It's the most yeah. simple one. I think that's like the name of the official Star Trek podcast. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need any more advertising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the ball catchphrase? Uh, oh, resistance is futile. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't it? You will be assimilated. Oh no. Uh, resistance yeah, futile, um, they do say that as well. But like, the, you know, resistance futile uh, is the, that's the yeah, classic. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Half okay. a point. Tag, tag, <laughs> tag line for another film. Okay. F- final question, Matt. Mm-hmm. How many lights are there? How many lights? How many lights are there? Uh, on what? The Enterprise. How many lights are there? Uh, this is a trick question. Six. <laughs> Wrong. There are four lights! <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who's seen that show, uh, the two part of the Kardashians will get that. <laughs> See, there's some Trek blood running through this show. <laughs> what is that about? Oh, my God. It's the, it's the one with cars getting tortured, and there's like. Uh, two part of the Kardashian! The Kardashian uh, torturer! You know, I said Kardashians just there as the well. The Kardashian, well, that is torture. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got the and he's got the lights. And he just keeps asking Picard how many lights are there, <laughs> and he's like four. Like he's like, no, there are three. Like, uh, like yeah, it just keeps. <laughs> and, that, and interestingly, that character is played. That must have been season by, two by a journeyman actor or journeyman Star Trek had David Warner. Yeah, it's Warner again, isn't yeah, it? Know, bloody hell, can't get away. Makeup and. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to wrap this episode up. Thank you very much to Tom Stoppard for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Thank Tom, you have you got anything you want to promote here? Any no, kind of like, you're in a couple of bands and stuff? I'm in Jack of all trades, I do everything. So. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Okay, alright. So basically, anybody's having done, just mail in. Like, yeah, uh, sure. Do you want anything done? You, Guitar built, you know. Companion for older women? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I won't rule it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are available on Podbean and iTunes uh, and anywhere else the podcast can be downloaded, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've already downloaded the show, so we've got the first step done. Great. <laughs> if you like it, if you could subscribe on iTunes and tell your that, friends. Yeah, and tell, tell your friends, you know. spread the Shout word. Shout it from the rooftop. That would really help. 
And what would also be great is if you've enjoyed it, if you could rate us and review us on iTunes, that'd be fantastic, especially if you do rate us five stars. It does actually really help, um, apparently. If you can't be bothered to do that, at least, as Matt says, just tell your friends. Um, we are also available on Twitter at... Spotlight Pod. Uh, and we're also on Instagram as well. Oh, so uh, you want a new, new frontier? Yeah, mm. that's right. Um, so look at that if you, you want to see some wacky pictures. Yes, and we we have done some particularly wacky ones today. They'll yeah. be going up online. So look forward to them. Send yeah. us um, an email at uh, spotlightpod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you've got any comments about the show, Get if you disagree with anything we've said, um, or just want to comment on kind of, you know, your own thoughts on the Undiscovered Country, um, whether you think, which Maya film do you think is the best, Rafa Khan or Undiscovered Country, by all means, write in. I would love to hear from you. As much feedback and interaction as we can get going would be great. Um, because, you know, as you've heard from me say, you can help shape the show in terms of what we discuss here. Yeah. Oh, uh, listen, Aristotle Watch, he is doing very well. He deserves a bigger tank now. He's getting a bit big for it. This very is scary. the Axolotl who watches over every recording, <laughs> isn't it? Your pet. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be back next month with Star Trek Generations. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Liam. And it's goodbye from me, Paul Wilson. And goodbye from me, Matt Brothers. Engage! Engage!